Listener Production. Hello, Tom Tilly with you for The Briefing. In this episode, a follow-up episode on living with adult ADHD. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke to a woman called Bridget Pringle who discovered she had ADHD thanks to TikTok. Well, today, Katrina Blouse is going to speak to an expert about what signs you should look out for if you think you might have ADHD and also how it affects women in particular. In adulthood, uh, as a woman juggles many, many different things in her life, again, it becomes increasingly hard for women with ADHD to juggle at all. They feel like they've got 15 balls in the air and they're not really able to catch any of them. That interview in the second half of this episode first. Antoinette Latouf is here with me for today's headlines. It is Wednesday, the 15th of February. Good news for Australian Olympic runner Peter Boll, who's been cleared to run again. So last month he was suspended after he failed a drug test which returned a positive result for the banned substance EPO. But yesterday news came through that his B sample didn't match the A sample and Sport Integrity Australia has lifted his provisional suspension as a result but say their investigations will continue. Here's his lawyer Paul Green. This was a horrific mistake to announce this publicly. It never should have happened. Boll has always maintained his innocence. Yeah, this is great news. So um, Peter Boll's an amazing guy. He was a Sudanese refugee escaping civil war, settled in Australia, became an amazing athlete. He competed in Rio and then became, I think, really famous in the Tokyo Olympics where he won his semi-final in the 800 metres and then almost came third. So it was devastating mm. news that he'd failed this drug test. Um, and the news of that failure came out on the eve of the Australian of the Year awards and he was in the running for Young Australian of the Year. He'd won at the Western Australian level. So um, it was looking like a really tragic story. So good news that it's turned around. And yes, he put a long statement out on Twitter. He said that the last month has been nothing less than a nightmare. And I, I do now wonder, Tom, um, how that sample was leaked um, because those initial A sample results came out before the process was finished. Yeah, well, if... The process is only going to take another few weeks to get both samples. Why didn't they wait till all of that had been resolved before this news came out? So, yeah, I think it was pretty tragic that he's been through this in public when it could have been in private and then we'd be at the same point without all the heartache. And new laws banning takeaway alcohol in the Northern Territory are expected to take effect by the end of the week after they were passed in the Territory Parliament last night. So this means takeaway alcohol will be prohibited in Indigenous town camps or remote communities that were made dry in the 2007 intervention. So the return of the bans was one of the recommendations made by the federal government when they flew into Alice Springs and made that big announcement after the crime figures had showed an incredible rise in alcohol-fueled violence around Alice Springs. Um, The previous alcohol bans had lapsed in the middle of last year. Yeah, and Tom, communities will actually be able to lift the bans if 60% of residents vote in favour of of some kind of different alcohol management plan. I think it's also like really important to know that the federal government's also agreed to $250 million in funding for a whole bunch of stuff like mm. youth engagement programs, uh, improved services, because ALBO has acknowledged that a lot of systemic disadvantage was driving the youth crime. And for supporters of The Voice, 
I guess they'll no doubt argue that this is exactly why a direct First Nations advisory committee to the government is needed, um, because for so long decisions about Indigenous people have been made for them and lots of money has been committed to measures uh, that don't really get to the heart of a lot of um, these really deep-seated problems. Yeah, well, hopefully this combination of um, responses works, more restriction on alcohol, but also, yeah, as you say, support mm. for all those important engagement programs that deal with the longer-term issues. Donald Trump has his first major challenger for the 2024 Republican nomination. Nikki Haley is a former South Carolina governor and was the ambassador to the United Nations in the Trump administration. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley and I'm running for president. Well, she certainly knows how to how to make a headline. Um, she had previously said she wouldn't challenge her former boss, but changed her mind due to the country's economic troubles and the need for generational change, which is no doubt a nod mm. to the 76-year-old Trump's age. She's the first of a number of Republicans who are expected to launch 2024 campaigns. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former Vice President mm. Mike Pence are among them. And on the Democratic side, President Joe Biden is expected to seek re-election. Yeah, it's an interesting list of candidates on the Republican side. Um, most people are thinking that Ron DeSantis has the best chance, but Mike Pence will be a very interesting candidate given what he's been through in, in recent years and I guess the way he's maintained respect on both sides of the corridor in American politics. Um, but Nikki Haley is putting a hand up first. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how the public responds to her. She's the daughter of Indian migrants and she's 51, which is a lot, a lot younger mm. than those other old blokes. And New Zealand's in a state of emergency after Cyclone Gabrielle wreaked havoc across the country. The North Island has been the worst affected. Cyclone Gabrielle is the most significant weather event New Zealand has seen this century. The severity and the breadth of the, dem the damage that we are seeing has not been experienced in a generation. Yeah, so that's the new Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, dealing with that one. It's only the third time New Zealand has been in a national state of emergency. Roads are closed and destroyed. Some towns are cut off as well as um, telecommunications. Um, at least one woman has died after a bank collapsed on her home in the Hawke's Bay area, which has been particularly badly affected. I was actually in New Zealand on the weekend. We nearly got stuck there because um, a lot of the airports started shutting down as this storm came in and we were going to travel to a remote part of um, the North Island, but we decided that was a bad idea and <laughs> came home on Sunday. Thankfully. And there's a really crazy drug story unfolding in Western Australia. So nearly a fortnight ago, three men were rescued clinging to an esky in the ocean um, near Albany. They survived and they told police their boat capsized while they were fishing. But, but when their abandoned boat was searched, 365 kilos of cocaine was found in the boat and the water nearby. Now there's a federal police search for the men. The story that they provided at the time about how they got into that predicament was um, suspicious on the face of it, which initiated the investigation. Australian Federal Police Acting Commander Graham Marshall there. Yeah, this is just, I mean, ridiculous. You heard Graham Marshall there saying they were suspicious <laughs> why did you let them go? Because now they're searching for them. Two of them are in WA. The third they're expecting has already gone to the Northern Territory. If they're suspicious, just sort of get them to hang around for a bit while you check out the boat. And I'm dying to know what was in that esky. Yeah. I wonder if they got to take the esky with them. Um, anyway, maybe we'll find out. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll catch you all later. Katrina's about to bring you the follow-up interview on living with ADHD. So perhaps you think you might also have ADHD or maybe you've had a diagnosis. So now what? Mark Belgrove is president of the Australian ADHD Professionals Association. Mark, thanks so much for joining us on the briefing. So how far do you think we as in everyday Australians have come in our understanding of ADHD in recent years? Oh, look, I think uh, we've come a, a tremendous distance, even quite Recently, over the last uh, last year, there's been a, a lot of media attention. Uh, many of you listeners uh, may have heard that we released a set of national clinical guidelines for ADHD that really lays out the evidence uh, for diagnosis, treatment and support of folks with ADHD. Uh, and the media attention around that was uh, huge and it really has helped to raise awareness and it's uh, really uh, shone a light on ADHD in ways I think that we uh, didn't have before. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly been some high-profile Australians, particularly women like uh, comedian M. Ruciano. She spoke at the National Press Club. Uh, Mia Freeman as well, talking about their ADHD as adults. What difference do you reckon that's made? I think it makes a huge difference, uh, particularly to, the, to those with a, a lived experience of ADHD. So any efforts to uh, raise awareness and put ADHD in the positive light that it should be put in, uh, like all forms of uh, mental illness, to my mind is excellent. And uh, I know from you know many, many interactions with folks who have ADHD uh, that they also find that tremendously uh, helpful and beneficial. Yeah, I'd love to get into that because that's something that I've been hearing so much more about lately, the access that you have to creativity and out-of-the-box thinking. What are some of the positive aspects to having ADHD? Yeah, look, a lot of that's quite anecdotal, but certainly aspects of uh, creativity such as um, divergent thinking, which I guess means being able to come up with uh, more possibilities as answers to a question than someone who doesn't have ADHD might be able to, are elements of uh, ADHD that people find very positive and you can easily see uh, how that could be quite uh, useful in a, an occupational setting, being really able to think outside uh, of the box. Uh, you know, folks with ADHD have a lot of energy that can be tremendously uh, useful as well. Uh, and many individuals with ADHD will talk about a phenomenon that they call hyperfocus, uh, which is this really this ability to be able to lock their attention onto one thing and uh, focus, you know, to a great deal on that for quite long periods of time. At one level, that seems a bit counterintuitive for a, a condition uh, that's marked by problems of inattention. But this sort of hyperfocus is very much driven by things in the environment or topics of interest that have high uh, motivation uh, for the person. And then they're really able to lock on to those. Uh, it does have a, a downside in that it can be quite ultimately quite exhausting uh, for the person uh, with ADHD. They expend such huge amount of mental energy uh, focusing in on that one particular topic for quite a long period of time, you can be left with a, a sort of feeling of being quite drained at the end of that, as you probably can imagine. Yeah, so it's really about learning how your condition presents for you and learning how to harness the the benefits or the upsides of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think as for any other condition uh, that one might have some challenges with, uh, it's learning how to best uh, live with that and where the positives lie for you. And they will be different for each individual. And so it's uh, learning, as you say, to live with that and get the best out of it for yourself. And that ultimately can take some time and a bit of work for you to understand that uh, relationship. Something I am so curious about uh, is that the examples that we were talking about earlier, like Emrishiano and Mia Freeman and other people, you know, from the US, like Mel Robbins, she's a motivational speaker, who've all come forward and talked about their adult ADHD. They're all women. Is it more common in adult women or is it just that more adult women are coming forward and getting diagnosed? It's not more common uh, in women per se. The actual global prevalence rates uh, uh, indicate that they're quite equal uh, for men and women. The interesting phenomenon here that in childhood, the uh, rates do favour boys. So boys are more frequently diagnosed in childhood. So that leads to the question, you know, what happens you know, do boys grow out of it or are women and girls uh, in childhood going undetected and then going through adulthood and realising that they do have problems and going forward for a diagnosis? And that latter scenario is, is one we think is most likely. You know, the likely scenario is girls in childhood present with a, a more inattentive form of ADHD, which means they don't have the overt hyperactivity and impulsivity uh, that a boy might have. So that means they don't necessarily come to the attention of of a teacher or another family member or parent. You know, they're not overtly uh, disruptive, but they might be uh, sort of more daydreamy and have inattention. And over time, what we think probably happens is that the girls with ADHD probably mask that inattention. They might have some social issues that they also mask, but as time goes on, it becomes increasingly difficult for them to mask those behaviours. Perhaps puberty uh, is a bit of a trigger and you see an exacerbation of some of the symptoms and the girls just can't cope uh, with it all as much once they start to hit puberty. Uh, Then you can imagine in adulthood, uh, as a woman juggles many, many different things in her life, Uh, Again, it becomes increasingly hard for women with ADHD to juggle it all. They feel like uh, they've got, you know, 15 balls in the air and they're not really able to catch any of them. So, okay, awareness is a great thing, obviously, but what comes after that awareness isn't always easy. Talk us through Mm. the time and cost involved in getting a diagnosis after someone recognises they may have been neurodiverse living with ADHD without support or treatment. It is quite a process, isn't it? Yes, it it is. It needs to be a rigorous process because we want uh, definitely people to receive uh, diagnoses from appropriately trained people. And it can often be what we call a multidisciplinary process where it might not just be a a psychiatrist involved, it might be a a psychologist uh, involved as well. The process, if I just start there, please, is uh, always a trip to your GP. A GP will then refer to uh, a specialist Uh, And in this case, most typically, it will be an adult psychiatrist who is trained in ADHD assessment. It could also be a psychologist, such as a clinical psychologist, uh, who's also trained in ADHD. The issue at the moment, which is very well known amongst the community, is that wait lists to appropriately trained either psychiatrists or psychologists are very long. And at the moment, it could potentially... Uh, mean you're waiting for up to a year 
to see a clinician to get your uh, diagnosis. So what that means is that folks will need to go to a private uh, psychiatrist, uh, which inevitably is more expensive, and the wait lists are long. We hear a lot about the pharmacological response to ADHD, things like Ritalin, etc. What are the other options? There's primarily two avenues, uh, and many people will choose to go down both avenues. So there's the pharmacological treatments, as you say, uh, so the medical avenue, and these are primarily uh, psychostimulant medications such as um, Ritalin or dexamphetamine, and they modulate and potentiate increase uh, the levels of dopamine and noradrenaline in the brain. And then there are other non-stimulant forms of ADHD medication as well which also uh, modulate those, those same systems. And for most people, a lot of people, they're highly effective. Nevertheless, many folks will also choose to have non-pharmacological therapies and they are predominantly around psychological, psychosocial therapies. So, you know, the ones that many of your listeners might be familiar with uh, would be something like cognitive behavioural therapy, uh, which can be effective for uh, folks with ADHD to understand their condition and learn to live with it a bit better. Yeah, so many folks will have a combination of both uh, medical and psychological therapies. And finally, I guess from a policy perspective, you, you've spoken about you know the need for getting GPs involved, but where else is Australia falling short in terms of our response to ADHD? Uh, where do we sit with the NDIS, for example? I found that a little bit confusing, Bill Shorten's comments recently. People with ADHD can get access to the NDIS, but there needs to be a functional needs assessment that determines that they are living with a significant amount of disability. So it's not the case that people with ADHD don't get access to NDIS. It is the case that that's relatively infrequent. Uh, but the way the NDIS is moving is more towards an assessment of functioning rather than a diagnosis-based assessment. So NDIS, in my view, uh, won't be uh, the magic bullet for folks with ADHD. I think what we need is much better public health treatment of ADHD. We need to skill up the national uh, medical and psychological workforce to make them more uh, familiar with ADHD and to skill them in assessing ADHD. I think that will make uh, the biggest difference. You know, yes, we can increase the number of uh, private clinicians as well who are trained, but ultimately, if we can improve public health access, uh, I think that will make a tremendous uh, difference. That was Mark Belgrove, the president of the Australian ADHD Professionals Association. And I guess we so often hear about how detrimental social media is for our mental health. But I feel like in this instance, it's been changing the conversation around ADHD for the better with high profile people like Russell Brand, even Paris Hilton, describing it as their superpower and crediting it with helping them be more creative. So it's just been so fresh and great to have that different perspective. Listener.